Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So what do you want to talk about? Let's step into the ring. Welcome to In This Ring, the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the universe. And now, Joe Pizzapia. Let me talk to you. What's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P. Joe Pizzapia. Welcome to In This Ring, the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the universe. It's you, and it's me, and we're talking all things wrestling here on the In This League Podcast Network. Don't forget to join the ITL Army over on Patreon, and don't forget to subscribe to In This Ring wherever you get your podcasts. So that means everywhere, people. So subscribe so you know when a new episode drops, and follow us on the Twitter machine at In This Ring and at Joe Pizzapia17. What a few weeks we've had of professional wrestling. We've barely even come down from the Royal Rumble, and things are still hot as we head into Elimination Chamber just two weeks later. It is stunning. It is incredible. The long-term storytelling of the last 10 months of the Bloodline has been absolutely spectacular. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into what happened on Raw. We're also going to talk about... The passing of a legend, Jerry Jarrett, uh, dad of Jeff Jarrett, who recently passed away uh, just yesterday. So we're going to talk about him a little bit as well and talk some AEW also and some recent, once again, ups and downs, because that's what AEW is. But uh, I got to start with this. I have to start with this because to me, this was it right here. Everybody's been talking about this weird, stupid underground thing. Are, are they the fans going to hijack the show because Sami Zayn is like this year's Daniel Bryant and then, and Cody becomes Batista and oh, everybody wants Sami Zayn and, and then people are going to hijack the show and you angry people on Twitter and the stupid wrestling Twitter. No, it's not going to happen. And I think it's been pretty clear that that was not going to be the case. And I mentioned this on the show the other day because I think it's true. I think most of those people that I used to hijack the show are they're at AW shows now. I would say a good 50, maybe even higher percentile of those people have moved on completely to AW and they don't care. The other half are still around and and I still believe that Cody has a different cachet with that crowd because that crowd gave them AW in the first place, gave them what they wanted to quote Batista, ironically. So I don't really think that it's that big of a deal anymore. I, I don't I don't see this. I think people want Cody to win. It's not despite Sami Zayn's growth or Sami Zayn being the face of the company. Sami Zayn said it himself in a great interview. If you missed it, you should check it out. It was with Ariel Hawani. He did a great interview with Sami Zayn a few weeks ago before the Royal Rumble. And he flat out said, you know, I don't think WWE sees me as the face of the company. And you know what? Probably right. I think he's one of the faces of the company, and that's a great place to be for Sami Zayn at this stage in his career. At his age and his look and everything about like that is an amazing place. I think he is at his zenith. He is at his peak right now and well-deserved, and I think he's been misused in the past at the main roster. Uh, and I'm a fan of Sami Zayn from the El Generico days in Ring of Honor through the NXT run. Everybody knows I love the conspiracy theory Sami Zayn stuff that went on. Sami's done some great work 
in WWE. He's just never been given the support until now. And, and he's fallen into a storyline that kind of started as a joke. Ha ha ha. And has become riveting freaking television. Forget wrestling. It's just great television right now. What's going on with Sami Zayn and what was so great about Monday night. And if you missed it, you better go back and watch because it was incredible. We talk about the 800 pound gorilla in the room. Triple H decided, you know what? Screw this. We're going to go right at him. We're going to steer into the skid. We're going to put Sami Zayn out there on raw. And then we're going to have Cody come out too with him. And we're going to put these two guys in the ring, not for the fans to decide, which was great because this wasn't a, a situation where you asked the fans to decide between two guys, which you were trying to do is understand that you can root for more than one person at a time. It's nuance. I know America doesn't do nuance very well. Typically it's not our strong suit. Wrestling crowds did not let us down here. Actually, they actually got the nuance and they said, yeah, I, I like Cody's storyline. I like Sammy's storyline. It, I don't have to choose. We don't have to choose anymore. Maybe it's a different world too. Cause we're so used to just getting what we like all the time on demand. We don't have to choose. And this was incredible. So basically what happened was Sammy calls, you know, to Cody and asks him, you know, you said I, you think I could win. Do you believe that? Tell it to my face. And he said, yeah, I do. I expect to see you at WrestleMania. And everyone's like, wow, well, that would be crazy. I don't know how to, nobody knows how to process that because we all know it's not going to happen, but it doesn't matter. You bought into it because Cody believed it. It was terrific. And then Sammy being somebody who, you know, doesn't quite believe that he can do this is right because he probably can't because he's probably going to lose to Roman Reigns. So the self-doubt of Sami Zayn is very authentic and real and it plays for the crowd and it plays on TV. The confidence of Cody Rhodes, who is going to finish this dream of his all puns intended. Guess what? It's real. It feels authentic and make no mistake. If you did this bit somewhere else, don't know if it would have gotten the same reaction, but because you did it in Brooklyn, I'm from Brooklyn. Okay. Brooklyn is a place that respects. And I tweeted this the other day too. Brooklyn is a place that respects when you don't avoid a problem, when you go headlong and they respect that they respect if you're saying, look, you know, uh, this is the situation and here's how we're going to deal with the situation. And we're just not going to run away from the situation. The, Brooklyn doesn't like cowards is typically speaking. I don't care what neighborhood you're from. They don't like cowards. Okay. They accept a lot of crap. Cowards is not one of them. And this was the opposite of cowardly, this segment. This segment was exactly what we wanted. And now we've set up the possibility here of, you know, the 1% of Sami Zayn pulling it off. Look, we're going to talk more about, you know, how this is going to go down. Because I think we all know how it's going to go down. And I again, we knew how the Royal Rumble was going to go down. Did it bother us? No. I mean, sometimes the easy answer is just the right answer. And I want the simple storyline. And... It's like most Hollywood movies. They're a little trite and a little contrived. Does it stop us from liking them? No, no, it doesn't. But I'll tell you what, Cody Rhodes and Sammy really just did a bang up job in this segment, man. The, the emotion and the self-doubt of Sami Zayn and the passion of Cody Rhodes in this segment was just, it was absolutely stunning. It was, I'm telling you, it's great television. It's better, I guarantee you, than 90% of the stupid TV dramas you're going to watch. The NCIS 
you know, Spokane, Washington, whatever the hell they're onto now. It's so much better than all that stuff. So much better. So it was actually a pretty entertaining raw. We had uh, Seth Rollins, enormous red shoes that were very entertaining. We had the tease for maximum male models bringing in Otis. That's right. Otis potentially being maximum male models. Look, you got to have some levity in there. And, and Otis is fun. And I think him becoming a Zoolander-esque sort of model is going to be fun. I think it's going to be good. I think they've run their course there. Let Chad Gable... See if Chad Gable can go be a single star. I, I still say, you know, all these years later, what a missed opportunity. I mean, if you wanted to book Kurt Angle's son, how is it not Chad Gable? How is it Jason Jordan and not Kurt Angle? I just, I never understood that. The guy was right there. He is funny. He is an Olympic wrestler. He is a smaller guy. He's incredibly gifted. Like, it was all right there. He looks like Kurt Angle. Like a miniature version. I, I, I just, I don't understand. I don't get it. But I want to see, I want to see him booked that way. Because I think he'll get over with the crowd if they let him have a good singles run. Uh, I also think we're moving towards Asuka winning the Women's Elimination Chamber. And Asuka kind of pushing this dangerous heel character a little further. I think that's the only way out. More on that later. But you kind of saw that in that little Elimination Chamber preview. Uh, I like what they're doing with Baron Corbin where they're starting to move him out. I love that you interrupted Baron Corbin's interview to go to the Sammy and Cody stuff in the ring and then came back and then he was talking crap against Cody and then Cody beats the crap out of him. We're moving towards a good direction with Baron Corbin, a better one anyway. Sad Baron Corbin was the only good thing he's ever really done on the main roster. But if we're going to move him back to a more dangerous heel character, that's good. And let's see if we can, you know, happy Corbin. That whole thing was such a joke. I'm telling you that month or so where he was depressed was hysterical. Um, it was great. I don't think he wants to live in that either, but modern day wrestling God, he is not. Can we save him? Perhaps. Uh, Bronson Reed has great squash matches. Uh, Bronson Reed is, I think, starting to get over a little bit. I'm a fan. You need those kind of guys, those big, scary dudes who, you know, just like worried about him kicking somebody's ass. Like you need that stuff. It's good. Um, all right, we're going to switch gears here because uh, everything on Raw was really good this week. Uh, and the week before, too, I'll tell you what, the week before with Paul Heyman, again, must-see television, that stuff with Cody and him about his dad and, you know, going back and forth about, you know, when, when Heyman drops that line on him, you know, Roman was the son he never had. Ho, 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 yeah. WWE and Triple H specifically has shown you that they can walk and chew gum at the same time here with this booking. And it's stunning because we are not used to that. And we are conditioned as WWE fans for something weird and stupid to go wrong with this. And instead of that happening, we're getting more and more of what's supposed to happen. And it's funny because our reaction is so excited about it because we never get it. And our reaction is so excited about it because we're so used to not getting it. And we almost feel like, Oh my God, it's really happening. And we're just excited that it's correct for a change. It's not that hard to please wrestling fans. It's a little harder to please wrestling fans right now in AEW, though. <laughs> I will say this. The changing of the tag team titles here. As we move on from the acclaim to uh, to the guns. I'm okay with this. I think the guns are doing some really good work. I like the guns. Um, I think the guns have potential to eventually outgrow this company. But I, look, the acclaimed is fun. They've had a good run here for the most part. 
it's been a little goofy since they got the belts. I think their peak was getting the belts. I don't think anything they've done since they've had the belts has been better than they did before they got the belts. So make them chase a little bit and see if you can get the crowd back wound up a little bit in a different way for them. Or get a little break from the acclaimed and see if you can grow some other tag teams in this division a little bit. I don't mind this at all. Some people think it was too soon. I don't. I think the acclaimed has kind of been a little stalled of late. I want to see what the guns look like holding those belts for a little while. I think it's interesting. Uh, so, so let's see what uh, goes on with that. I will say this too. I'm gonna, and this is rare. I, I very rarely don't like something that MJF does. I think MJF crossed a line last week on TV. The story he told about the girl and the car and the whole thing and the, you know, tongue in cheek segment, so to speak, if you saw it. It's not that I don't appreciate the humor of it. Of course I do. I just don't think it's the right place for it. I think something you can get away with maybe on an Instagram post or social media kind of story or something like that to do that story on TV. And this is the problem with AEW also, because AEW right now and our good friend of the show, Brian Drake, who's on for the Royal Rumble shows, you know, he said it and I, I completely agree with him. You look out in the crowd, everybody's 35 ish. It's a lot of 35 to 40 year old dudes. And you got to wonder where the next crowd's coming from. And you can't watch that show with your kids. And and that's okay. Like, I know that's not the target audience. But the problem is, it's very short-sighted. The problem is you have to be able to, again, find some more nuance where you can push the line with MJF. And they have in the past. But this stuff was a little... And again, I'm not being a prude or anything like that. I just... I, it felt like, ooh... I don't know if that's exactly, you know, I think we crossed the line there and that's okay to push the envelope. It's okay to to try, but I think you got to rein it in a little bit, you know, and I I stick by what I said. And, you know, Brian said on the show a couple weeks ago too with me that we both felt they put the belt on MJF too soon, too soon. They had way more they could have pushed and way more they could have done here before they did this. You know, the problem with a character like MJF as the champ is you run into kind of situations like this where you just got to go out there every week and do these things. And sometimes less is more with the heel character. So, again, it's not terrible. Um, it's not the worst thing that ever happened, but it was the first time that I thought MJF was less than what he could be. <laughs> I, think he, I think he took the easy way out on that promo. I think maybe they're pushing him a little too much, having to do too much. Maybe a little less is more. You know, the quicker moments. I mean, he's he, they want to put him on TV. I get that. And they need to put him on TV. I get that. Uh, Takeshita and him, you know, had a pretty good match, actually. It was a very good match. You know, Takeshita's good. He's, you know, he's very much in the Kenny Omega mold physically as he wrestles. You know, you can kind of see stylistically a lot of inspiration there. I like Takeshita. I think he's very good. I hate the name. It's hard to say, but whatever. We'll figure it out. Um... But, you know, I think with the MJF stuff right now, I, I think his his youth is showing a little in this role. This is why you don't see the belt put on guys who are, you know, under 26 years old. Often. You know, it's like, you know, the Randy Orton's of the world and those kind of, you know, young champions. You don't see that very often for a reason. It's it's hard. It's hard to go out there on a weekly basis and do great work. And I think it's even harder as a heel to do it. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. When you're the face of the company, it's a little different. And I, I just, you know, like I said, I, I'm sure everybody loved that in that AW audience, but. I don't know, man. I can't imagine the network loving that. I think he's, I think he's stepped the line there. That was just beneath his skill set. How's that? I just think he could do better than that. That's all. And I'm the biggest fan of him being a jerk. I think it's hilarious when kids go to get autographs from him and he throws their stuff on the floor. Like, I think that's his, it's all kayfabe. Amazing. Eh, I think he's better than the way he worked on last Wednesday. We'll see what happens this week. And I know we're, we're pushing towards all of that too. We're pushing towards, Wardlow and Samoa Joe again, which, uh, you know, Samoa Joe's past is prime, folks. You know, Samoa Joe's role moving into the announcing role in WWE was the perfect thing for him. Um, I don't think he's ready to carry a program anymore physically. I just don't think he's in good enough shape. I think the Darby Allen matches prove that. Uh, those, those are not great matches, let's be honest. So, uh, and the other thing, too, that's just hilarious is if you, if you missed it, if you missed the John Moxley caught blading a few weeks ago too. I mean, that's just such amateur hour nonsense. The fact that he did it in the ring and the fact that he did it and the camera caught it was just hilarious and terrible. And you know, you, you gotta be better than that. You gotta be better than that. You gotta figure it out. I completely disagree also with, uh, going back to, to catch real quick too. Cause I know this is AW stuff. We Conan, I know got his panties in a bunch because he didn't like to catch did the, little Eddie Guerrero thing at the top of the rope. You know, I don't care if he's Japanese. If he loves Eddie Guerrero, why can't he do it? What? Like, I'm sorry. Can you not like a wrestler and be inspired by them? Like, can Kevin Owens only do a stunner because Stone Cold Steve Austin was also a white guy? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, what? Why Why can't you do that? Why can't you say, I love this guy. I'm going to give a little homage to him. And, you know, the crowd appreciates it and he appreciates it. He's a baby face. It did not feel incongruous or weird to me, and, and I'm all for protecting the legacies of people, but isn't the legacy of Eddie Guerrero just spawning great wrestlers more than anything else, first and foremost? And wrestlers that want to emulate Eddie Guerrero, can we have more of them? Because that's great. I don't know. It's a little weird. A little weird. It's kind of like, you know, it's awkward when Conan says things like that. Like, you know, it's awkward like getting caught blading on TV. <sighs> what the hell's going on there? What are you doing? We're getting a lot of fun teases, too, by the way, and some WWE stuff, too. We're going to get to that Elimination Chambers. I'm looking at my notes. I'm looking forward to talking about that, too. Uh, also looking forward to talking about where Jay White's going to go next because he's done with New Japan. If I'm Jay White, I go to WWE. I do. I think he's going to end up in AEW because that's where his buddies are. So I think, you know, but if you go to WWE, you have a unique ability to kind of go right into that. You know, SmackDown eventually is going to need... A lot more talent because when Roman in the bloodline finishes up in March in some fashion or April, you know, I don't know where that storyline's going to go. Is Roman going to take more time off? We don't know what's going to happen with that. You're going to need some good heel characters and Jay White could certainly come in there right away and be that foil for a Cody Rhodes if they move him to SmackDown. 
So keep that in mind. Keep a close eye on that because I think that's something that could be, you know, very possible. Um, NXT continues to be goofy. Um, you saw the breakup of Toxic Attraction when uh, Gigi Dolan took quite a kick to the face there. I know people were got their, you know, nuts in a bunch about that one too. I mean, it was a stiff kick. She took a stiff kick. If it was a dude, nobody would have said anything because this woman is like, oh, they don't know how to work. No, she gave her a stiff kick because they wanted the segment to be that segment. You know, they wanted to recreate the Shawn Michaels barbershop Marty Jannetty moment. And they they gave it the old college try. Where it goes from there, I don't know. Uh, Zoe Stark versus Sol Rucka was very good. That was good last week. Um, again, you know, like everything else in NXT, there you could see the glimpses. And most of the most of the positive things out of NXT right now are all the women. I got to tell you, the men, even though there's some really talented dudes there, the ugh, even the Jinder Mahal stuff with Braun Breaker last night, like it's, I don't know. Like Braun Breaker, I feel like has already outgrown his place. Just move him up, move him through, and, you know, put the belt on Carmelo Hayes or put the belt on Jack or somebody like that. Like, just, just move on with it. Like, it's just, they should have put the belt on Grayson Waller and moved him up. I don't know what they're doing here, but we shall see where that all goes. Um... And that's that's the end of that chapter. Uh, before we get to the re- uh, looking ahead at Elimination Chamber, uh, I want to talk about Jerry Jarrett, who, if you were just watching some of the great documentaries they were doing about Memphis wrestling on the uh, Tales of the Territories, you know, the Dark Side of the Ring folks, if you haven't seen this, it's very good. Even if you're somebody who's like, oh, I'm not the biggest fan of the old wrestling, like, some of the stories that these people tell are amazing. Um, and this was... I mean, Jerry Jarrett, one of the most important promoters in professional wrestling history. I mean, you're talking about the Memphis Territory. You're talking about all the stuff with Jerry the King Lawler, who also has had some health issues recently. You talk about all the stuff with Andy Kaufman. That all happened under, you know, Jerry Jarrett's watch. Uh, You talk about, you know, whether it be United States Wrestling uh, Association. You talk about the NWA into the TNA years, you know, TNA, like 2002 TNA, you know, when that really kind of started there. It's Jerry Jarrett. So he had a huge impact there um, on, on the wrestling business, on the territories, and then even modern day wrestling too, because I think people forget that, you know, the TNA and, he, you know, he was a part of that with Jeff. People remember Jeff, but it's Jerry really like this. The, it's the family doing that. I mean, Memphis wrestling, you know, about as big of a territory as you could possibly imagine. You had all those amazing people coming through there and work. And, and it was I'm happy that he got to kind of reminisce and tell those stories and go through that. There's one story that he tells on that tales of the territories where I guess they were starting to, you know, poach in a little bit to some other territory. Somebody thought in terms of talent. So that promoter sent over one of his tough guys over to rough up Jerry Jarrett and in the ring live at a show, he comes out and he does, I forget the name of the guy. And he comes in there and he basically comes out there and he gets in a fight with Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Jarrett, pulls his eye out <laughs> his head and the eye is like in the ring. It's horrible. It's a crazy story. You're like, yeah, this can't happen. It, and it can only, again, only in wrestling. Can you get madness like this? And sure enough, you know, it's this crazy story. And then, you know, they get to this huge fight and this whole thing happened. And I mean, wild stuff, some great stories, but you should definitely check that out because, uh, that, that Memphis era wrestling, all those territories have some great stories and, you know, it's, it's the beginning of the wrestling that we all love. It's that, it's that storytelling. It's 
a different age, a different era. You know, the kayfabe was still in full blast back then. But, I mean, it doesn't get much better than than those kind of days. So, um, some great stuff there. If you're a history fan of wrestling, you should definitely go check them out if you haven't watched that already. It's very good stuff there. All right, let's get into Elimination Chamber, shall we? Let's take a look at what's going to happen, what the card is. Uh, and it's a pretty good one, let me tell you. Uh, it's it's very good. We'll, we'll kind of work our way from the bottom up here. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. I know that doesn't sound like the bottom, but it kind of is. So we are definitely getting to a place where the Hurt Business comes back. And I think everybody's excited for that. I think it's great. The Brock stuff with Bobby on Raw was fun. This is a good match. It's a match I want to see. Two big boys slapping man meat, right? We talked about that. There you go. Let's go. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. I think you have Bobby Lashley win. I think you have the Hurt, Bis re Hurt Business excuse me, reunite. And I think you run this at WrestleMania there. Brock versus the Hurt Business, basically, <laughs> you know. And we'll see if we can get somebody to help him out. I don't know, but I think that's good. Uh, we're going to get Edge... And Beth Phoenix versus Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. I definitely think that Edge and Beth Phoenix should put Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley over. It doesn't make any sense at this point to not do that. Um, I really, I just don't see, you know, you're pushing Rhea Ripley as this person who's going to, you know, be a next champion. You can't have her lose. Um, so I don't know if she's going to pin Beth and that's her way of kind of giving back. Maybe that's the way this match ends. You still have room from WrestleMania for Edge and Finn Balor. You could do a last man standing match. You could do something else to blow it off there, but that's fine. Um, but I do think you need to, you know, to keep the judgment day strong. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but you kind of do. You kind of need them. It's those mid-ish heels right now. And they better figure out something with Damian Priest soon because he's kind of floating around. You know, Dominic Mysterio has more to do than Damian Priest. And it's not good. Priest is a great wrestler, great look, great total package. You know, they could spurn him off the Judgment Day any day and, you know, have something there. I think him and Cody would be great. You know, that could be an opponent for Cody at some point. They need more bad guys of stature of note. Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, you got to have these guys lined up, whoever's champ next. So keep an eye on that. Uh, Elimination Chamber, Raquel Rodriguez versus Liv Morgan versus Nikki Cross versus Asuka versus Natalia versus Carmella. Okay, it ain't going to be Carmella, it ain't going to be Natalia, it ain't going to be Nikki Cross. I don't think it's going to be Liv Morgan. Raquel Rodriguez, until they turn her heel, is not going to be a thing. So to me, it's Asuka. It's just the way it's going to be. I think we start to push Asuka as this monster kind of character. And then you kind of let the crowd decide. I mean, I love Bianca, but, you know, we, Bianca's been there for a while, been doing it for a while. Maybe you give her a little break. I think it would be good to have Asuka finally go over at a WrestleMania. I think it's good for her. If she just jobs out again at WrestleMania... Like, what's the point? Like, why'd we go through this huge remake of Asuka again, only to what? To feed her to Bianca Belair a month later? It's stupid. It's just, it's very short-sighted. You have to have her go over. Let Asuka finally have her uh, WrestleMania moment. And then if you want to have Bianca, you know, go over again at SummerSlam, you could do that. That's fine. But I think a little break in the action is good. Elimination Chamber, Austin Theory versus Seth Rollins versus Gargano versus Bronson Reed versus Damian Priest versus Montez Ford. Uh, you can see the beginning of the Montez Ford solo career starting to pop soon. Uh, I would not be surprised if Montez Ford, Austin Theory is the program we get at SummerSlam. I think at WrestleMania, we're going to get Austin Theory and John Cena because Cena probably needs somebody like Austin Theory, you know, who's in that Seth Rollins mode who, you know, can make everybody look good. 
I think you do an open challenge kind of thing, you know, and you have John Cena show up. I think that's the way to do it. So for this, Austin Theory retains. Um, Seth Rollins does not win this. I, I don't think you're going to have Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul for the U.S. championship. I just don't think we're going to do that. I think you you keep Austin Theory where he is. You keep him strong. Rollins versus, um, versus Logan Paul doesn't need a belt. It's great. I just want to see it. Does not need a belt. So don't do it. Have Austin Theory go over, have him take on Cena, have him beat John Cena, and then have Montez Ford be the guy eventually, and that's how you grow a new star there. I think that's going to be fun. And then, of course, you come to Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. And ooh-wee, this is going to be in Montreal. This could be the biggest indoor crowd reaction we've seen in quite some time to something. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be insane. I think it's going to be a great match. I think it's gonna be great storytelling. I think you're gonna have a moment, and I do agree with some of the fantasy booking people out there where you have Sammy win, quote unquote. And then whether it's the dusty finish where the leg is under the ropes and they have to restart the match or something is off, whatever it is, I think you give the crowd that moment of Sammy winning. You have Sammy have that moment of winning, and then it all fall apart, then Roman winning, and then Roman and Solo Sokoa. Because remember, the Usos won't be there. Because they can't travel because of the DUIs. <laughs> so they can't travel to Canada. So they're really in a pickle here. You know, Paul Heyman said, I want you to watch it on TV. But, you know, we'll see. And then you have Kevin Owens, the hero in Montreal, show up as well to help his friend Sami Zayn. And you leave the crowd still happy. They're pissed off that Sami didn't win. They want retribution. They want revenge. They want to see WrestleMania. They want to see them get it against the bloodline. And you're all set there. You don't have to have Cody show up for this at all. If you want to have Cody show up for this too, you can. And you can make a little trio out of them. I don't know if that's the direction they're going to go, but it's going to be fascinating to see. So, you're going to get a moment where we think Sami Zayn wins. And it's not going to be the W. Roman stays. Roman Cody is your WrestleMania match, folks, on Sunday night. That's what it is. That's the main event. And you have Sami Zayn and KO versus the Usos on night one, on Saturday night, winning the tag belts. And that's going to be a beautiful moment. Sammy will get his retribution. This is the setup for it. You know, it's, in a way, it's a shame that all showed up so quickly because this could have been something you milked for another, I don't know, two months. But the fact that it's all happening so fast makes it all the more magical. It is great. It is great TV. I can't wait for Elimination Chamber this weekend. I want to hear what you have to say about it. Hit me up on the Twitter machine at In This Ring, And of course... Uh, hit me up at JoePizzaPia17. Let me know. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to In This Ring. Share the podcast, too. A lot of the people know about the pod. We want to keep growing the show here. So make sure you go do that as well. But I always like interacting with you guys. I love when you guys tweeted me during the events after the show when you listen to this show, too. I love it. It's great. I appreciate you. It's going to be a wild night in Montreal. And that's the bottom line. Because Joe P said so. Les Montreal, les Québécois, les screw job. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.